Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I had to go about it, write it out, and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. I had to fail, had to fall, just for what I did well. And there's some stories I can tell you. This is the Final Word Daily. Australia, South Africa, Sydney, third test, day four. We didn't do a show yesterday because it rained all day. Uh, but Jeff Lemon and Barrett Cinderace, and we are here today... And you, Barat, have 30 seconds to tell me about 59 sizzling overs of Test Match Cricket. South Africa have taken a Test Match to Day 5 in Australia. Wow! Uh, not that they have contributed much to it. It's been the rain. But we finally had play. Play started at 1.45pm. Pat Cummins declared on Usman Khawaja, leaving him stranded on 195, that which meant South Africa had to bat. And then it was the same old story. Dean Elgar. Didn't look good. Saralevia looked good and then got out and then wickets fell. There was a partnership between Temba Boma and Kaya Zondo, but you knew what that was coming. It was a collapse and it did come, but it also saw a brilliant spell of reverse swing bowling from Pat Cummins, a masterclass on captaincy. And in the end, South Africa 6 for 149 and uh, a whole day to bat out. A whole day to bat out, 14 overs to get for Australia. There's the tempting idea of the follow-on that's what 120 something runs away for south africa oh yeah 128 runs away that's mental math 149 for six 276 minus 149 is 128 okay i can't do that um but you know Ah, oh, the comments are going to be going sick at that point. Ah, okay, you can't make mistakes on the internet. No one does that. Uh, right, so the situation they were in, because it rained and because there were problems with the run-ups and the footmarks and they had to cut out bits of turf and all the rest of it, they didn't get on the field till 1.45. Had they got on the field earlier, Australia would have batted again and tried to make another maybe 70, 80 runs, something like that, to push the follow-on mark higher. Uh, but they had to declare with Kawaja on 195. You can't win if you're a captain who does that. Some people will be mad that that happened. Other people, had they batted on, would have said, this is selfish chasing of personal glory. But here's my theory, Barrett. Mm. Usman Kawaja is better off being declared on, on 195 yeah. because it will be more memorable. Right? Like Bradman with the 99.94, if it had been 100, yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of less sexy because he's not just falling short. There's not the pathos. There's not the human interest story. You know, the movie scene with someone slipping off the cliff. Their, their fingers just 
just slipping away, you know, at the start of Cliffhanger with Stallone on the, on the wire across the... I don't know if you've ever noticed, but in that scene, you can see in the background, the helicopter pilot is just laughing at something off camera like really? during the most tragic, <laughs> sort of deep pathos scene of the entire film. He's just like, ha, 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 ha. Anyway, the, the point is that people will remember the 195 more than they would have like a 202 not out. They'll remember that Kawaja got declared on and you know that the Australian team will be able to spin some awesome kind of bullshit stories after this. Cummins will do the press conference after day five tomorrow and he'll say, Usman insisted. He'll say, he came up to me and he said, Pat, I need you to do this for me. We need to get this win for Australia. It's the Great Depression. We need to cheer up this country. I'm not prepared to put myself first. You know, and he will be glorified for being selfless and Kawaja will end up way better off because of it. He'll have material for his after-dinner speeches for oh, the next 40 years. And happy days. You know, people will always be like, oh, what a good bloke. He, he agreed to get declared on on 195. Don't, I mean, that's my theory. What do you think? Yeah, I've been um, hearing some uh, stuff about how that played out. Usman Kawaja last night just slipped a flyer under Pat Cummins' door saying he doesn't want to bat again please declare he also threatened to quit the team whatsapp group if pat cummins didn't declare and gave him a chance to make the double hundred he also said i'll never dance again you know we saw that wonderful dance yesterday he said i'll never dance again uh and basically he also said that if you do not declare and australia have to bat on i won't even go out there i won't go out there i just made all total that bullshit, up. Right? <laughs> i just made all that up okay. but but there you go usman if you are watching when you do yeah. uh finally retire and you have your after dinner speeches you can use all of this come on it's all good material yeah it sounds great right it's 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 very good for business i would say so they go out there and they bowl because they know they have 157 overs they'll lose two for a change of innings they had 59 overs today up to 98 on day five and they need to bowl South Africa out twice and they need to get them out short of the follow-on really because if, if South Africa get to the follow-on then you know the, the win is a long way away. Australia would then have to either declare on naught for naught and take a big risk or, or bat on and, and lose the chance to actually have enough overs to bowl them out. So Josh Hazelwood comes out and we were sitting around waiting for a day and a half for play to start he's been sitting around for three test matches waiting to get fit to bowl and he was sensational the first two overs he bowls at least one literally unplayable ball to Elgar that pitches so full that it shouldn't be able to beat anything mm. but it jags so far off the seam it beats the edge and the off stump he gets Elgar squared up three times in the first over edges one off the shoulder of the bat through for, uh, fourth slip for mm. a boundary total luck that everyone was in the cordon and that was the only gap um, and then in the third over that Hazelwood bowls, he gets him edging to slip, Steve Smith diving away, one-hander, seems to cling on to it, but the replays come in. And I will, I will say this, the two catches that went to the third umpire, had I been a third umpire, I would have said both of them were out. You know, I would have said they've, they've taken that catch well enough. There might be a bit of ground touching the ball at some point, but that's not what has helped them take the catch. They've already completed the catch they've already got control of the ball with the hand Richard Kettlebury took a different view but he was consistent in doing so so after having ruled out the first catch the Labuschagne catch when Australia were batting that Simon Harmer took at mm. first slip he also ruled out this catch on the same basis 
Oh, it's all about consistency. And also, sorry, I was also, <laughs> just because he said if I was third umpire, I was imagining your voice if you were the third umpire and like, you know, doing a DRS. It would have been quite funny, especially if I was the on-field umpire and you were the third umpire. We would have had some interesting conversations. <laughs> a DRS review would have gone on for a while. <laughs> yeah, we just end up chatting about something else. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Jeff, while you wait for uh, ball tracking, uh, oh, you know what I just heard from Manas? <laughs> remember Iqbal Kasim? You know? <laughs> Iqbal Iqbal Siddiqui. Ah, uh, Iqbal Siddiqui, oh, our man. Yeah. Your fave. Oh, yeah, we need to do him on story time someday. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. It's all about consistency, uh, umpiring. Uh, whether it's it's a wide, in wide ball cricket, whether it's an offside wide, if you've decided that the bowler has uh, this amount of, or this margin for error in one innings, you have to stick to it in the second innings. You can change for the next game, but not within the match. That's the golden rule of umpiring. Whatever you are, you have to be consistent. The act of catching it is where, and, and the camera zooms in and it pauses, is where the doubt creeps in of whether the ball made contact with grass or not. So he was consistent. He f was not convinced he could give it out. He didn't give it out. So that's perfect. Great umpiring. So can I ask you about the law? Because the... Because I think, I mean, I've, I was critical of both of these decisions. I think if I were umpiring, I would have given them both out. Mm. But when I actually look at the law, I think he's technically, by the letter of the law, he's correct. Mm. Because the law says that to take a catch, you have to, uh, you have to have all of the things that qualify as in having control of the ball in your body. And you have to do all of those things without the ball touching the ground. And it specifically says that it and i think the way that we interpret it generally is that like say this is the ball if you've caught it and you're holding it firmly in your hand and a bit of the ball touches the ground but it doesn't actually help you yeah. take the catch then we tend to regard that as a fair catch right you've got it in your hand yeah. and if there's incidental contact with the ground then if the ground's not helping you complete the catch that's not a problem but that's not actually what the law no. says the the a strict interpretation of the law would say that if there's any contact with the ground whatsoever it's not out and so on reading that i thought well that's not the interpretation that most people go with mm but it is correct. Is that how you would say it? Absolutely. And laws of the game are all about interpretation. There are different umpires interpret laws differently, but it's it's very simple. A clean catch is when the only things involved are your hand and the ball, or a part of your body. It doesn't always need to be your hand, as we well know. But yeah, even, even, a, even a blade of grass touching the ball, uh, before you've completely taken the catch and you've rolled over and it, it's deemed out, is is not out that that's just what the law states and that that thing is quite sacrosanct i don't think you can mess with that aspect of the law uh, even however you interpret it okay so hazelwood disappointed there but he gets elgar with the bouncer gloves it carry takes a catch over his head i mean and and then lion gets the uh the <laughs> the earlier dismissal where you know, Usman Khawaja 2016 style, he just leaves an off-break. Left-hander, off-spinner, round the wicket, angling it in at the stumps. It does turn, but it doesn't turn enough to beat off-stump. Bowls him. Uh, there's, you know, a, a little bit of a wait for the next for, for that wicket, which comes in the 18th over. But Saralovia, again, makes 18, gets out, does exactly the sort of thing that he's been doing. Um, and then Cummins, the, Oof. I mean, the spell that, I mean, he bowled several spells, but there's the one where he, he gets Heinrich Klaas and gloving a ball, but it wasn't it wasn't just a sort of long hop delivery. It was no, a nasty short ball that he really fended away. 
And then there's the partnership between Zondo and Bavuma where they go after Nathan Lyon. They each hit him for a couple of sixes. They take on the short ball. They put on 48 together either side of the break. But when Cummins gets going after that again, I mean, that's the spell. That's when he really looks lethal. He comes around the wicket to the right hand as he's bouncing Zondo. He's, uh, it, then he gets the full one that slips through him. I mean, Hazelwood's got the little outside edge from Bavuma mm. before that. So Bavuma's made 35, Zondo's made 39. They've both made starts. They've both sort of shown some level of being able to cope with it. But when the quality of the fast bowling really cranks up, they can't cope with it. Um, so Cummins with that. From around the wicket as a right armour to get a leg before wicket, the only way you can do it is to hit him on the shoe. And that's exactly what he did. You know, that one was out. Um, and then he follows up with his third wicket as well. Look, there are some times when fast bowling is pawn. Like last year when Mitchell Stark bowled that late spell at the MCG to, to the English and knocked three over. But there are some times when fast bowling is art, like pure art. And that's what we saw today. It, wasn't, it looked like it, you had an artist at work. Because like you said, there was literally one spot on the pitch where Pat Cummins could have landed the ball to get a wicket from that angle. And he nailed it. And Josh Hazelwood just said in the press conference, Josh Hazelwood, uh, Hazelwood had bowled a similar delivery to Kane Williamson a few years ago. Apparently, they had a little discussion and Pat Cummins said, should I go for it? And Hazelwood said, yeah. And Hazelwood was like, he just absolutely nailed it. I mean, that is the magic of Pat yeah. Cummins at times. You know, you can uh, get impressed by so many aspects of his cricket, but at the end of the day, and he, he put on a masterclass of captaincy in these conditions today, but it came down to that spell. Uh, it, it was just magical bowling. And he just, the way he set, set Zondo up and got him out, he should have got Marco Janssen out. The ball just pitched a little, like just a little more than half pitched outside leg stump. And then uh, he kept, he stuck to around the wicket to Kyle Verena. And then suddenly comes over the wicket where you think that, oh, wait, he's, he's having such success in troubling them from around the wicket. But no, like by then the feet are jelly for Kyle Verena and Marco Janssen. Goes over the wicket, three deliveries, all three different angles of release. But by then the footwork is non-existent for Kyle Verena. He just gets one to, uses the angle slightly wide of the crease, just goes slightly towards Kyle Verena, pitches on a length and just straightens. Doesn't do anything extravagant. Straightens enough to get Kyle Verena caught at slip. Uh, perfect bowling. But I did ask Kaya Zondo what it was like to you know, face that spell, reverse swing. and uh, uh, Not a lot of reverse swing, a little bit of reverse swing. And Pat Cummins, he just said, well, it was dark. Oh, thanks, Kaya. <laughs> I mean, and I, I, that's why I added it to our 30-second intro as well to the show. He, that's what he said. I said, but yeah, yeah it was tough. Mm. And you know his answer was it was dark and Cummins doesn't bowl slow, does he? Mm. It's like all right, <laughs> that's a great answer. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean it was. It's been darker out there over oh, the yeah. course of this Test match, put it that way. So there are 149 on the board, six wickets down. What that means is, yeah, they're still a long way from the follow-on. Australia need 14 wickets tomorrow. They need four of them before the next 120 odd runs have been scored. Mm. So. If Marco Janssen can dig in, Simon Harmer looked okay for those six overs. I mean, if they could get to the follow-on mark, then they'd make life really difficult for Australia because they'd have mm, to right. decide to bat again for like five or ten overs mm. and smash a few. Or they would have to just declare naught for naught mm, and, you know, there. set South Africa 180 or something, which would be a, a risky kind of declaration. But 
the way the South Africans are battered today. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? You th- how do you see it going? No, I think I've been very impressed with how Simon Harmer has started. Uh, and again, tells you not just with his bowling, with his batting as well. He should have played earlier in the series. If not at the Gabba, then definitely at, at the MCG. Uh, he's shown so much more grit because he came out to bat... Uh, when Australia had created a cauldron, uh, they were going, they were on the hunt. They they saw this big prey in Marco Janssen and they wanted to knock uh, the other end out or open o- open it up at the other end. But he was his defensive play was really good and that wonderful flick of uh, the pads of Josh Hazelwood. And he also, another thing he did of the fifth ball of the last over, Marco Janssen had been troubled by pace. He'd handled that line really well. If you noticed, he pushed the ball towards point. Janssen wanted the single, but Hama being the senior partner or the senior member of the side, he just said, no, 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 no. You stay there, I'll handle the last ball. And he did. So if Hama can... Uh, push this through, even if it's just time, even if they don't get to the follow-on, if they can bat as close to lunch as possible, even this South African batting lineup, you would pack them to survive for two sessions. Uh, but the best way to do it is also to maybe keep scoring some runs and put pressure on Australia because that follow-on almost becomes the, a deciding score. If they get to the follow-on, then they really negate Australia's chances of uh, winning this test because Australia, don't forget, do not they won the series. and They don't want to want, risk losing this with keeping in mind the World Test Championship final. There's no point bringing that brave. Uh, that's pretty much how I see playing out, but I do think that we'll lose four wickets. They'll lose four wickets in the uh, first 40 minutes and South Africa will get bowled out. Hall of Fame, the most final word moment of the day for Woodstock Cricket. Uh, Woodstockcricket.co.uk, best cricket bats in the world. TFW20 for 20% off, put that code in. Now, I thought there were a couple of Ashton Agar moments. I mean, it's, it, for me, it's almost been Hall of Fame worthy picking Ashton Agar as a specialist bowler out of when you have four specialist bowlers yeah, yeah. and he's one of them and he's barely bowled in first-class cricket for years. But there was one delivery that he bowled that took off that bounced about eight feet high from a full length and turned. And there was, I mean, you forget what he brings to the team as a fielder. His spectacular almost catch at short mid-wicket, slogged over the top, like going back to a short ball from line, bashed away, and he flew, and he got his fingers up, and he just tipped it over the bar, um, but very nearly an extraordinary catch. So, I mean, it was just nice to see Agar back in the test side. He was someone who, you know, I mean, I was I was at his debut in 2013, and, and, and we thought he could have been anything at that point, and... It, it has happened in white ball cricket. It hasn't happened in test cricket. But you know, maybe there's a, another chapter in the Ashton Agar story. Oh, yeah. For me, this happened yesterday, but I still think it counts, is uh, the batting consultant of the South African team, Justin Sammons. The first thing that impressed me about him was this wonderful, lush beard. A thick beard. A beautiful beard. Um, then we rock up at the SCG for the practice session. The beard's gone. I thought it was a different guy. Um, he's still a good-looking guy, but I thought he was better looking with a beard. So when he does, did the Almost everybody is. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So when I saw him at the press conference yesterday, I just had to, you know, I just had to ask him. I said, what happened to the beard? He's like, oh, no, no, no. So I started, he said he started growing it in England. And then ever since, you know, South Africa stopped reaching 200. <laughs> so they get to 200 in the second innings at the MCG. And I think he decided maybe it's time. Maybe it's the beard. Like it, it, a batting team cannot be so bad. So I, especially as a batting consultant, I think he took the responsibility on himself to take shave off his beard and hoping for a change. Based on what we've seen so far, 6 for 149, Justin Simmons. Not only did you look better with the beard, but you just like given up your beard for nothing. 
Well, South African batters haven't survived many close shaves. Oh, oh yes. Uh, right, that's it. That's it for us for the final word daily. We'll be back on day five to see what happens in this test match. If you like what we're doing, patron.com slash the final word. That's how you help us keep making the show. That's help you help, how you help Barat keep buying these wonderful <laughs> cardigans. That's it. Jeff Lemon, Barrett Tinderace. I ain't and I ain't George Benson. I ain't protected by the way I ain't fenced. And if my future questions, my current senses, that'll be the same we've been doing for centuries. Sorry if I ran out to empty, wrote this so you know what I meant here. I had to go about it.